put a shirt on. I can't podcast with you if you're not dressed. I'm not trying to look at your tits while we're trying to do a podcast here. Don't jump up and down. Don't do that. No one needs to see that. Hey, I'm, I'm recording. I'm doing this. This episode's taken 36 hours to post because, uh, you know what I learned? Don't do morning episodes with Tasha when it's just a Tasha and Dave. Because when we have a guest, you have to show up on time. You have to put a shirt on. No one can hear you bitching back, so it sounds like I'm talking to myself. When I have a guest, I'm more excited. No, I'm excited for this. No, I'm not. It's just the thing is, when it's just me and you, you know, uh, you, know you don't even put uh, a thong on. She just uh, ass cheeks on the chair. I know the audience is thinking, oh, wait, we'll watch, we'll tune in for that. No, you won't. You'll get sick of that. Um, hey, everybody, welcome to the Sex Actually podcast. As always, it is your man with a tan, Dave Neal. Actually, there's no tan here. I've got white legs. Uh, although I'll say this, I've been uh, using a little self-tanner. Not Nothing crazy, just there's these little... Um, who makes that self-tanning thing? L'Oreal. Got these L'Oreal wipes. You just kind of wipe it on your body. <laughs> Got, you know like wet wipes for your ass? It's like that for your chest. Anyway, they don't sponsor us. I'm just telling you what I've been doing. Uh, welcome to this new episode. It's going to be Tasha and Dave. Uh, I, I started so that you would actually hustle over here. I'm 94 seconds into the thing. Jesus Christ. Hang on, folks. This episode, uh, I've got a lot in store for us. Uh, I've got some uh, reader emails I'm going to read. Some people have asked us some questions. We're going to get on. You got your coffee? Grab your coffee. Oh, my gosh. She got, okay, now she has a T-shirt on. She's, ladies and gentlemen, Tasha Courtney has put a T-shirt on that barely covers her vagina. A T-shirt down to the vagina. This is a relationship. The blinds are closed. No one can see in. Just sit the fuck down. I'm sitting. Jesus Christ. Oh, my gosh. We have a very busy day today. We, are, we have auditions. We've got shit to do, and we're, we're a morning late on this. I know someone's listening going, why the fuck didn't you post this yet? Give me a little test. Give me a little sound test there. Test, 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 Wow, you're test. on. Look at that. You're on. Put your cans on. Let's get going. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Actually podcast. Good morning. Wait. <laughs> Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> Good morning, Koreatown. <laughs> What's going on? What's happening? Hey, how about this? Bit, bit busy week for us. Yeah, it has turned into a busy week. I guess it's audition season. I'm going to say what we've like been... It seems like we keep getting last-minute auditions. I'm going to say what we're auditioning for. I don't believe in jinx. You had a good audition for Ballers. I would not call it a good audition. I would it. call it managing. You had an audition, <laughs> and they didn't kick you out. And I, As long as you didn't throw your script down... I've had that where I've thrown my script down because they've been such dicks to me. You know, I, I text you a voice message of this, and I don't think you got it. No, so I, I had a different audition for... Should I try to play the voice message? No, okay. it's fine. Um, that The whole thing was like sort of a shit show. I was... My original appointment time was in the afternoon, but I had a fitting in the afternoon. So I asked my agent, what's the time frame so that I could hopefully come earlier or later, like around my fitting. Um, and he wrote me back. They said, you can come at 11. So I had two appointments that day. One that started at 1130 in downtown LA, like Arts District area. Are they going to understand the geography of this Probably story? not, but basically an hour <laughs> away. Basically, the audition is an hour away from my next appointment. And my, uh, my audition new time that they gave me is 11 o'clock. And my start time at this other place is 1130. So basically, I have to leave at 11 o'clock. So I show up at this place at 1015. Doesn't start till 11. So I have to wait, but that's fine. I'm going to be first on the list. I'm going to run out of there. Actually, it's not an hour away. It's only an hour away. Traffic is crazy. So it's going to be fine. And if I'm five or 10 minutes late, it's okay. They're not going to throw a huge fit about it. Um, but anyway, I'm there, I'm there, 11 o'clock comes and goes, they haven't even put out a sign-in sheet, they finally put out a sign-in sheet at 11.12, 
and I'm already late. Like, if it doesn't start right then, I can't stay. And I asked the guy who's standing in the doorway, who's obviously running the audition, who's standing there sipping his coffee, uh, is this going to start anytime soon? Because it seems like they're waiting around. And um, I don't know what for. He says, no, we got to wait on the client. Some people are going to be here, whatever. Taking their damn time. Taking their time. Not being conscientious. So he's like, well, come back whenever. And I said, you know, what time is it going till? I'm booked till 4. I could make it here maybe 4.30. And he said, well, it only goes till 4.30, but come at... I, it only co- goes till 4, but you can come at 4.30. It'll be fine. I can do you by yourself if I need to. But if you can do me by myself if you need to, why can't you do me by myself now doing when I'm you, already there? Doing you by himself, is that how you get the role? Anyway, I'm going to make a long story short. Please too late, do. Too late. Um, I... I leave, I come back, I have like a miracle extra 30 minutes. I mean, actually like a miracle extra 20 minutes. So I show up to, to do this audition midday and uh, no client in the room. They weren't waiting on anybody. That was what my voice message was. That like his whole excuse for why he couldn't see me earlier was not really. But, yeah, but you came back and you had a good audition. I did. I had a great audition. Good. He was He was surprised. That I could take direction. This dude obviously wasn't a fan of me. For those who have never been in a casting, it's weird because they tell you to slate your name. And all you have to do is say, hey, I'm Dave Neal. That's all you, or that's your name. And then, or Tasha, I'm Tasha Cordy. That's all you have to do. And then they do the audition. It's like for them to know who you are. But, you know, we put so much hype and pressure. Like I, the audition I had yesterday was six, five guys in the room. And so we each have to be like, say our name. So like each guy's trying to outdo each other. And I'm just like, Dave. Neil, like, what do you need? <laughs> what what difference does it make how you say? But like, literally, coach people say hello, good morning. I am Dave Neil, and people try to stretch it out. Do you see that? Have you done auditions with the people in there? You've, we've been in auditions yeah. together. It's like it's like. Did My you train favorite. how to say your name? Um, do you remember? Okay, we were in that Verizon audition together. Neither of us got it's, uh, airing right now with that uh, fucking <laughs> dweeb from Silicon Valley. What a fucking lottery this guy had. This <laughs> no talent hack. You know who else won the lottery so is the guest. dilly dilly guy. Dilly that, dilly. That dude's but raking in but the But at least dough. he's got comedy. This fucking middle comb bitch is just a like stammering little like I'm a white dude and I'm not. Okay, well... Yeah, the Bud Light guy is funny, though. Yeah. Dilly dilly. What a score. Because you never know when you're making a commercial if that's going to be a commercial that people love and really respond to. If that happens, they're going to make five more of them. They're going to play him for a year straight, maybe longer, and he's going to make a zillion dollars. They knew those would be good. Like, they put a lot of money into those Bud Light ones. The first one, did they? What's the first one? The first one was just the one where he's, like, turning the the candlesticks into Bud Light. I love it. He's like, hey, hold up. (laughs) Now they're doing full battles. Yeah, I think it's great. They uh, they knew when they shot that first one there was going to be a whole campaign. I Uh, don't know. What's your favorite all-time Super Bowl commercial? I don't know. I don't know. I remember growing up, that was the best part. Until I became an actual sports fan. Until I actually understood what was going on. <laughs> I'm the trying little, to think. The, I don't really frogs, remember. The like frog the, one. Oh, Herbert, yeah. Herbert, the Budweiser. Or, or I don't know if this is a Super Bowl commercial, but the, uh, what's up? Was that Super Bowl? Probably. What's up? That was, that was literally, I was probably in fifth grade. Every single person for, <laughs> I couldn't, the teachers must have wanted to kill and us. And Dancing Baby. Class, Everybody up? went nuts over Dancing Baby. Yeah. Those are good. Uh-huh. But now, but now you can't. That you, what did you notice? This there was really almost no sex. You know what I mean? Usually it's. What did you think it, there wasn't Super sex Bowl before? Commercials always had sex, not sex, but sex appeal. They'd have like you'd have a Pepsi. You mean commercial. like the Carl's Juniors? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but you'd okay. have like uh, you'd have Cindy Crawford with their fucking tits and this and that. You'd have. I uh, the would Go not Daddy call that like overtly sexual. Well, Go Daddy has always been. A I'm little. just saying they got real safe. Our country's going into this Puritan state where like we're afraid to offend anybody. So all we just have is fucking chubby dude selling Tide Pods to kids. Like you know what I mean? It's it's not a good time to I be. I thought uh, that was fun and creative. The Tide Ad. Yeah, they were, but people are afraid to. Uh, anyway it was a great it was a great super bowl did you like the one with uh eli manning 
It was okay. I mean, I, I thought don't that know. was great. I'm not going to hate on the ones that are like sort of. I mean, what you're doing, that you know, I don't know. People, if 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 they didn't watch this, they're like, what the fuck? But I don't know. It, it's not for not every commercial is for everybody. But it's it's interesting. The Patriots lost. It's heartbreaking. But you know, like I have just such an irrational love for a group of men that'll never know who I am, and it's and I I understand like the fanatic uh, fan. I understand what it's all about. I didn't throw any wrenches through the TV, but it's like at some point, you know, they're going to lose and it's sad. And, you know, I've been listening to sports talk radio, like an old, I was listening to sports talk radio last night on the way to my show. Uh, Cause it was like half an hour drive each way. And all the callers were like old men. You could tell they were the types that had like their Korean war hats on and they were sitting outside by the porch. And the wife was like, just happy that he wasn't bothering them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, th- these old men have built companions through on through sports talk radio, and I'm doing the same thing. And I was going to call in from the West Coast, like, but isn't Dave that Neal, sort of first like, time, long time. <laughs> isn't that kind of interesting, though? I mean, I think that's cool that you can like really. Well, I think it's the same in podcasting. Right? Don't you think that our listeners feel like they have a bond with us? Call in now, 617-674-7843. That's actually my mom's beeper number that I've memorized since uh, sixth grade. 617-674-7843. Call in. Let us know. Um, I don't know. But back to your... So you went on that audition, and then you immediately called me angry. And I don't know. Any couples that are listening or long-term relationships, do you find that you're calling your significant other... You're looking at me... Like, you know where I'm going with this. Do you find like you call your significant other just a bitch? Is that a thing? Is that healthy? I'm not saying don't call me. I'm just questioning if I am your sounding board. And if Well, maybe here's the thing. People who go to a therapist probably do it to their therapist. They're 200 an hour. People who, who don't go to a therapist probably do it to their significant other or to their best friend. I think it's a, a natural and important part of being a human that like... You sort of have to, it's it's almost like you've got to get it out. Like when, it's stuck you in your chest. Me, hey, it's stuck in your chest when like some shit happens and it's going to, if you don't let it out, it's going to eat you alive. Like so you fart. have to like tell someone about it. Even if your response is just like, yeah, it fucking sucks. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it does. It fucking sucks. And yeah, someone gas. sympathizes with me. This is what I hear And then you, you can me. let it go. <laughs> For yeah, 30 minutes. And then I'm like, are you done? And you go. Yeah, I'm done. There's nothing left. (laughs) (laughs) You have that little (laughs) verbal fart that sneaks out. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's okay. Yeah. But when you call me and I'm, I, I clearly. I have to clear my schedule. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll go clean the trunk of my car right now while I listen. That's, That's the beauty not of, true. The beauty of headsets is that I can listen to the... I can li- it's more me listening to you talking. I can listen to the phone call and get other things done. I want you to know I'm never calling you again. <laughs> no, that's my point. No, the, le- this no. is my point. I'm uh, never right. calling you again. In, Tasha's angry. Don't eye roll me. They can't see it. doesn't do you any good. And meanwhile, like if I go a whole day without calling you in between my appointments, you're like, are you mad at me? me. No, I love when you, you get home me. and you're like, uh, I can tell something's wrong. Oh my gosh, no. I, I sound like that? Yes, that's exactly what you sound <laughs> like. And I want you to know I'm never calling you again. So you no, can just not know what goes on in my life. Me. You're going to call me. The problem is, is that there's so much time spent in the car. I don't know. I don't know if this is a normal problem people have. Most, what would you say the average commute length is? I don't know. For me or no, no, for no. people in Los Angeles? For like a normal Midwestern person. What do you think they spend on commuting one way? I mean, honestly, I think my mom probably spends like 45 minutes each way in the car. Well, that's long. And that's long. I would say nobody, like at least where I'm from, is spending more than like a half an hour in the car day, each way. On a normal day, how much time in the car do you spend? Oh, uh, probably like three hours at least. At least you got a nice new Prius that's got good sound and yeah. it's comfy. I don't know. I just think I, I just downloaded um, a podcast. Here I am promoting other podcasts. How to speak Spanish. It's 10 minutes a day. I haven't done it the last three days. I had like, a, not like, like the Rosetta Stone, but like one of those a long time ago. And I put it on my iPod because that was, it was when I was living in New York. And I put it on my iPod, but like... I could only listen to my iPod in shuffle or like I I didn't have to listen to my iPod in shuffle mode, but like I never had the motivation to just sit down and start with lesson one. Also, you're on the subway, so you can't like repeat back out loud. Shuffle mode is great. It's always like, hold on. I want to wish you a Merry. It's like, what the fuck did we just jump to? But yeah, it was like I only ever listened to them out of order. It was not effective. 
three hours a day, I'm not telling you to do this, but I commute a lot too. And I'm like, wow, I could be learning other languages. I could really be expanding my mind. What's funny, I, our friend Aaron Gooch, hey, Aaron, what's happening? He, he, um, we were watching the Patriots game a few weeks ago, and he was like, yeah, yours, yours is the only podcast I listen to that doesn't teach me anything. <laughs> <laughs> All these other podcasts are like, how it's made, and th- learn this and learn that. And we're like, hey, <laughs> Um, but we're going to teach you some shit today. Don't don't think that you shouldn't call me. No, I'm, just I'm never calling you again. No, but that's the... You're ag- welcome. I, this is what you want. This is what you get. You can call me if you need something. But I look forward to never talking to you on a car ride why, again. Why does proving a point become the only answer? Because this is not the first time you've been shitty to me about calling you on the phone. And so I am um, at the end of my rope. We had this like you being snarky at me six times. Every okay. guy, but this is every guy. We have nothing to say. It's one thing to like, but we do have base. things to say. This is how we check in about our day. This is how you know what's going on. This is how you get an idea of how my day's gone. Oh my, this client ran late. All oh, these people are being shitty or whatever. Or good stuff that happens. Hey, I killed my audition. It was really good. Yeah. I proved this hater wrong. Listen, you know, I love and, and and these are things just like you know the other the voice note. I, it didn't go through. Whatever you never heard about it until days later. You're gonna miss out on parts of my life, and you're gonna be sorry. <laughs> dilly dilly. That sounded like a butt like. You will miss out. You will be sorry. Look, Tasha. Happy four-year anniversary. Uh. <laughs> I was thinking about you last night. Hey, everyone, it's our four-year anniversary. It's our four-year um, uh, friend zone to not friend zone anniversary. Uh, our actual, uh, when I got down on a knee and asked her to be my girlfriend, it comes on, um, you're, you're smiling. Uh, that comes on March 17th, I believe. Uh, it does. She made it. You're smiling because you made me get down on my knee and ask you to be my girlfriend, which seemed excessive, but I did it. I did it. I did it in my bedroom in our in my valley home, the old place where I used to live before you took me away from my roommates, made me keep rid of Leave. all my coolers. Bye. <laughs> Go. Go. Get I'll on. live here in my palace by myself. Yeah, with all the nice little things I've built. I've really built some good things in here. We got a new sliding barn door. I put a nail up for the uh, for the cutting board. <laughs> by the way, we both have those cutting boards. You, you ever see this? The not a cutting board, you weirdo. What is a it? A cork board. That's not a cutting board. No, no, no. I'm talking about our cutting board. Oh, yeah. We have we have cutting boards. They, they make these gimmicky cutting boards where it's, it's the, the shape, uh, it's of, the your shape of your state. Well, unfortunately, we both come from states that have shitty shapes. No. Go Google Rhode Island. It's, okay. it's all Okay, Rhode Island is crappy shape. Mine is not. Kentucky. Kentucky is a perfect triangle. I'm, I can't cut a fucking onion on either one of those cutting boards. How nice is it for serving cheese, though? It's good cheese <laughs> serving. But anyway, I would love the cutting boards if they were proportional to the size of your state. I think that'd be hilarious to have like a Texas cutting board that's the size of a dinner table. And yours would be the size for one olive. <laughs> and it doesn't even include... <laughs> my cutting board doesn't include uh, Aquinnick Island, where I'm from. It doesn't have it. It's only. It doesn't have any of the islands, which obviously would be a mess to have. Like, uh, like I mean, what does Hawaii do for a cutting board? You yeah, know what I mean? I don't think they sell Hawaii. Alaska, board. Hawaii. Like, who needs a fucking Hawaii or uh, Florida cutting board? It's just going to be this dildo shaped. I think it's a cute little idea. What would be the? What's another bad state cutting board? California. That's a weird one. The Dakotas are just squares. You might as well just. <laughs> I guess we, we have, have a square cutting. No, board. we have a circle cutting board. Is there any circular states? I guess no. that could be Hawaii. How about this? That circle could be an island. A perfect like a, that's one of those Dubai islands that's built perfectly. Anyway, moving on. So I had a show out of town last night, like a half an hour out, and I drove by um, this sporting goods store hear me out, which is where we went to buy me a baseball glove the day of the Super Bowl four years ago. Wow. So we had, do you remember that day? No, not really. We, we hadn't um, consummated our relationship yet. We were still like hanging out as friends, but it was on a Sunday and that was like a, a Sunday hangout. It was, the Patriots weren't in the Super Bowl. It was at your friend's house in Koreatown. Remember that? I think the Broncos played or something. Either way, we... Oh, yeah. And then, and then it was kind of a crowded, it was a crowded living room and you sat on my lap and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And I didn't know what to do with my hands. So I was like, Hey, how are you? It's <laughs> like gently stroking your back. <laughs> but I knew that was my move. 
I was like, Tasha sat that on my lap. That was your move? I, it sounds like that was my move. By sitting on my lap, I said, uh, permission to proceed. That would be in the court papers. But, Your Honor, she sat on my lap. I mean... Come on now. You could have sat on the ground or pulled up a chair, but uh, you sat on old St. Nick's lap. And I asked you what you want for Christmas. And four years later. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> trying to get each other to call less. I like it when you call. We're going to move on from that. I'm going to make sure you call me more. We have a busy day today. We're auditioning for, we have an audition for a beer company that shoots in Mexico and for a car company that I'm presuming shoots here. Either way. Uh, good things coming, and um, we're going to move on. I actually wanted to pull up something that I found. I was Googling this because, I don't know if you know, I think a, I think a big problem with relationships is the, the screen print of resentment that we leave on each other and on ourselves. I have a good one, too. It's the top five reasons women leave their husbands. Great. Awesome. <laughs> Number one, they get annoyed at a podcast. Um, so can I can I do mine first? Yeah. How to how to how to handle resentment against someone? It's so important. I mean, don't we hate? We resent our parents. We resent our friends for not showing up to our birthday parties. We resent so much, and in the end, it's like, what are we doing? And also, not to take a to take a note from Tom Brady. I mean, he practices the four agreements, right? This dude is like, you can hate him if you're not a Patriots fan, but like this dude has spent years. Just like shedding off criticism, shedding off the haters. And most people that are thrown into the limelight can't do that. They can't clap back as it were. Well, or they're just unable to separate sort of like, you've got to understand that when people are mean to you, it's never about you. Never, never, never about you. It's a, it's their own thing. We're going to get so into that. So you can't take it personally. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Without even reading this, you, I think you, uh, you know where we're going. Anyway, how to handle resentment. Th- guys, this is so, this is so important. I think. So, Aaron, if you're listening, I'm going to teach you something. (laughs) Uh, Acknowledging your feelings. Figure out the source and cause of your resentment. Pinpoint the actual feelings you're having and why you're having them. Try to understand yourself. When did these feelings of resentment start? And that's hard to even know. Tasha, I know... I don't know what caused your anger sometimes, so I know you don't know. You're like, I'm fucking mad, and will somebody tell me why? <laughs> somebody let me know what's pissing me off so much, and then I just throw almonds at you. Eat something, cunt. Oh, uh, that's mean. I don't call you a cunt. Uh, that's just the character of the story. Uh, recognizing the root of your resentment will help direct you and how to overcome it. For example, if you feel resentful because someone close to you disappointed you or let you down, your solution may be to change your expectations about people. Obviously, you cannot change change other people. So the resolution lies in changing yourself or learning to accept what has happened. That's tough. Yeah. It's hard to like detach from expectations because like, you know how you would act in a certain situation. And so you sort of expect your friends or family members or loved ones to, to be on the same level with you. You expect them to act the same way that you would act, but that's just not always the case. There may be other stuff going on. They may be distracted, have different priorities. Maybe they just don't care about this kind of thing as much as you care about it. It's you know, when Chris Rock goes on stage, when he's working out material, he, the first thing he says, I guarantee if you go see him do this, you know, not when he's doing his tour, but when he's working out material in the showcase clubs, he goes, lower your expectations. Because he has a crowd of hundreds of people being like, this is going to fucking blow our mind. No sex in the champagne room. This is going to be nuts. And he goes, no, lower it. And in relationships, lowering your expectations is kind of nice. Because when your expectations are low, you'll be surprised by that nice uh, set of uh, flowers your boyfriend got for you. Uh, Which, you know. Oh, by the way, uh, my buddy, I I I can't say his name. We'll call him uh, Joe. Uh, Joe got in a fight with his girlfriend. And he's like, dude, man, I don't get women. I'm like, yeah, me neither. And he was like, well, what should I do? He, He told me everything. I was like, dude, honestly, just you should just buy her flowers. <laughs> like, and apologize. And apologize. Find something that you did wrong and apologize for it because you're trying to fight some rational fight and she's on the emotional level. And uh, in the next day, he texts me and he goes, he goes, I bought her flowers. She came home and then she fucked me on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> and my, I got a chub. I got a little hard dick. I got a little pre-cum. I was like, yeah, I got my buddy laid. I basically fucked her through him. Okay, that's taking it one step too, too far, far, I think. Took it too far. <laughs> uh, I, uh, but anyway, the point was, it's like, oh, dude, yeah, that's what... Well, I think you touched on something, maybe not exactly correct, but the emotional versus the rational. It's not saying that, like, because you're emotional, <clears throat> that your argument or thoughts are not rational. The two are not 
exclusive, but I think sometimes when we're all worked up and emotional, we can't necessarily think straight. So I'm going to be worked up and emotional about something and you're going to be worked up and, and emotional in response to it. And it's hard to sort of like step back, separate from this sort of like ego Baby, you get anger worked up that's happening. You get his blinkers on in front of you. <laughs> but you got to separate <laughs> from that and just have a rational argument. But, you know, if I'm doing a good job of managing, I can just be like, well, this, you know, this guy's a shitty driver. It doesn't have anything to do with me. It's just annoying. Yeah, put on that rain jacket. And let the insults flow right off. Uh, you know, because um, anyway, moving on. Number two, recognize your role in resentment. Sometimes, and by the way, these are not, I'm not projecting this to you, Tasha. Like this is, I, I, I have so much resentment. If resentment is like scar tissue that you have to massage away. I mean, really, you got to break that shit down. I have, I have a lot of resentment towards a lot of people. <laughs> you know what I mean? To other podcasters that are I more successful. Si- to you. To, to side my mom. note, can I side note? I took a um, like a personality test last night. Oh jeez. And I was being super honest because I was already in a shitty mood, and so I was like being like extra negative about it and like really like you know sometimes you take a personality test and you're 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 feeling great so you project your best self no I was projecting my worst self and um one of the questions was 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 like do you easily forgive and forget and I was like fuck no I got (laughs) mugs let me go to my journals of (laughs) because it's hard it's hard when you've been let down it's hard to to forget about it. You want to protect yourself. You build resentment. You, you are going to think about it forever. We all have And never trust too. somebody what, again. And that's that's not a good way to live your life. What what do what do you know? Like, I know what lets you down. You know, if we change plans or something. What what do you think lets me down? What do you go, oh, geez, Dave's going to be sad. But, or, do, or, do, or, or, do, or, or am I cool? <laughs> You're pretty cool. But I do think that, like, you have, um, like emotional needs you sort of need to be like pet you're like a bunny you're like you really need yes, like pets pet and you need like i have big ears you need like a lot of love and sometimes i don't give you the love in the way that you need it like we miss the mark a little bit on our love languages but i think in general you're pretty chill but you do you require like stroking stroking of the ego you require yeah, like yeah little like um compliments you're definitely needio compliments and i try and give them to you but i i think yeah, you fall a little short but i have to learn not to be resentful for you because uh you just don't know you come from a family that doesn't compliment it's insane i was thinking about that after yoga i was like babe your body looked great i was watching you at yoga yesterday and your stomach looked flat and i was like and, you know i was like you look great and then you're like thanks <laughs> Okay. Well, well, I was surprised because I didn't you feel very sexy. You never sexy. look at me on Warrior 2 I go, absolutely do. Didn't that happen like two weeks ago at yoga? I was like, damn, babe, you were looking good. No, here's exactly what happened. We get out of yoga yesterday and you go, babe, were you farting in class? <laughs> well, somebody was farting. I didn't know if it was you or if it was the dude in front of us. I think the dude in front of us Literally, just hasn't like, washed his shorts namaste, in three weeks. The light within me sees the light no. within you. And then yesterday, you're like, babe, stop <laughs> farting on me. Yesterday, I got a good physical workout, but I really didn't get in the mental zone. There's it was nothing, just a weird day for there's me. There's nothing like being in Warrior 3 and you can <laughs> feel a fart blasted off from in front of you. No, okay. I definitely was inhaling full fart. Did I read the- this one yet? Recognize your role in resentment. Sometimes we are resentful of others because we are upset that we made ourselves vulnerable enough to get hurt. Deep down, we may feel confused or embarrassed that we did, some, that we did not somehow see this situation coming. We feel rage that we let our guards down and trusted someone who hurt us. In a sense, we get angry with ourselves for being human. As one quote vividly states, resentment is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. I'm going to read that again. Resentment is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. You have the power to either move on from resentment or stay in this place of bitterness. Recognize your power and avoid putting all the blame on the other person. Yeah, it's true because anger and resentment and those like nasty bad feelings that we feel people are oblivious. They don't know or they don't care. And if you let that shit sit inside of you, it's bad. I think, I think truly it's bad for your health. Like people who have a ton of resentment end up with stomach cancer. I, um, Oh yeah, you know I mean, it's like really bad for of you. Energy. I'm not saying you, you're a bad person if you get cancer by any means, but there's an energy flow issue within your body or wrinkles. You know, like if you're that if you're scowl. like sad huh. inside or mad inside, you end up with like a sad, mad face. That's what when we fight, I tell you, babe, 
that face. <laughs> you keep doing it. It's going to stick on They're you. You're going to get wrinkles. Uh, number three, question whether what you feel is jealousy or entitlement. Coveting or feeling that you should be possess what other another has, whether superficial or innate, can lead to bitter feelings. If you are resentful towards someone because they have something you wish you had, then it is unhelpful to take these feelings out on this person. You need to come to terms with what you feel is lacking in your life in order to overcome this form of resentment. For me, I resent the fact that you make a lot more money than I do. Oh, it must be nice, Tasha, to have all this free time while I'm out there slaving. I mean, I get it's a very it's a it's a thing I'm addressing now and telling you that i've you know i had to work on because i'm like oh must oh you want to travel must be nice must be nice that you want to travel have you seen how much money i make this podcast subscribe folks right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean anyway i think also you need to be and aware then, of doing that um like looking at other comics that are in your same yes. place do you have a lot of resentment for like female comics or minority comments uh, i was talking comics. to bianca last night because they have, you know, they have opportunities because of diversity. It doesn't mean they're not good. No, no. It so, doesn't okay, mean listen. they're not I know, right. deserving. But, like, you do that. And and you do that with other dude comics that are, like, sort of in your same place or maybe a couple of years ahead of you. And you, like, you get resentful when you see that it's they a get a my, thing that you're not getting. It's but a product of my competitiveness, and it's not healthy. But like I, had un- I unfollowed somebody yesterday because I'm sick of seeing the, the the show that they do. They don't. They've never asked me to be on it, so they keep on posting about this stand up show they have. And I just unfollowed it. I was like, I don't care. You're out of my life now. But with Bianca yesterday at the at um, Karma, she 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 was like, Are you submitting to any festivals? And I was like, Yeah, I submitted to Laugh Laughing Skull. It's a festival in Atlanta. You know, a comedy festival. You do stand up. All the you know the movers and shakers get to see you. The bookers. And she goes, Oh my gosh, you'll definitely get into that. And I was like, Fucking no. She's a she's a black chick from Czech Republic. Like uh, 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 the half black chick from Czech Republic, and I was like, well, "No," and she goes, "You're definitely getting into that." She's like, "When I was there, it was all it was only it was a bunch of white guys." I was like, "That's my point. There's a million white guys, and so like when you're a when you're a chick in comedy and you and you submit to a festival." Uh, the dudes that are picking go, oh, that, I want that cute girl. But I think that what you have to remember, like we just said five minutes ago, is that it's nothing to do with you. So you are wasting your time and energy being upset about something that's out of your control. You know what I'm doing? I'm taking poison and waiting for the other person. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, And it's good that you unfollowed whoever on Facebook. Kyle. <laughs> I'm just saying it's good because Former you guest. getting upset every time you see their post, guess what? He's got no fucking idea. Bye-bye. So you're just sitting here making yourself sick, making yourself mad, making yourself resentful for no reason. It's not hurting the person that you're mad at. It's hurting you. And they and, and, and for all I know, they're resentful for all the things I have. You know what I mean? But yeah. um, an example of envy that le- this is still number three. An example of envy that leads to resentment is becoming angry at a coworker who received the promotion you were vying for. Uh, that's what we're talking about. Perhaps you felt like you were entitled to the promotion because you've been on the job longer. Overcome envious resentment by being honest with yourself and taking action. Is it this person that is really making you angry, or is it some aspect of yourself? If you, excuse me, got a burp. If you uh, truly feel your performance deserves a second look, you can actively speak with your supervisor and other persons that might become available. Eh, that can happen in my industry. Or if you think you have outgrown your current employer, you might try to find a suitable position elsewhere. You are not envious of that person, but of some trait or ability that that person has. Sit down and do an honest evaluation of your feelings and channel that jealousy to improving yourself. It's about control. Control what you can within yourself. And um, yeah, I mean, right? What's it like... Change the things re- I can, accept the things I can't. Serenity prayer. Yeah. I'll read it. Um, serenity prayer because I always fuck it up. Um, uh, uh, it's uh, the serenity prayer. I just said it. No, it's it's a little more eloquent than that. No offense. <laughs> say, okay, you say it again, and then I'll say the real one. Change the things you can, accept the things you can't, the wisdom to know the difference. Oh, that's very close. You added the wisdom part. <laughs> that's, I mean, it's simple. And it's whether you, whether you believe in a God. Lord, grant me the whatever. serenity. God, to- grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. There we go. The wisdom part's hard. Yeah, I want to change it. I don't know if I can or not, but uh, yeah, no, you're right. And um, I mean, you're, resen- you're you have resent your resentment, right? When you see, you know, an actor, a model, or an actress getting something that you feel entitled, right? I mean, I th- I would say I have um, I manage it a little bit better than you do. I don't know why. Well, I don't know how. A competition. I'm no, resentful I'm just for saying. You for- like every once in a while, I'll just see somebody who's doing really well and and be like. 
you know, a little bummed feeling like I'm not doing the same thing. But I think I am good at sort of stepping back and breaking it down and understanding that we're all different. Our journeys are all different. They're doing this thing now, but I'm doing this other thing later. You know, like we we obviously it's got to come. I mean, maybe it's a guy thing. And maybe it's also a competitive thing. I'm I'm really competitive. I think you've seen me play board games. You know I'm also a very competitive person. But I think I'm pretty good at like sort of compartmentalizing. You get resentful when I beat you at Monopoly. Boy, the whole fucking place hated me. I'm like, sorry for winning. What are you talking about? I kicked everyone's ass at Monopoly. When? Where? Like two years ago, we played with Jonathan and Marina, and I I was fucking Monopoly? Monopoly. We played Gubs and I thought I would kill you. I really I like. I had game. to. That was when we were camping. That was the weekend yeah, was at high. Bernie. I that game. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, because I did a deal. <laughs> I, I did a side so deal. It's so weird when you play when you play card games with your significant other and other people. You have to like almost cheat with your significant other. Yes, and that's what it felt like. You betrayed me. I died because you and Jonathan made a deal. Oh, but I'm the resentful one. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> a card game. That's the difference. From three I, years ago. I, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. Do you forgive and forget easily? I, no. Yeah. Let me um, let me look back to log seven uh, from our camping trip. Here you see that you handed a card to somebody else, but could you say that you felt entitled to to me? Yeah, you're my <laughs> boyfriend. Are you kidding me? All right, any, any guys listening, if your chick wants to play card games, you have to only cheat in the direction that benefits her. Number four, feel what you feel. Anger and resentment are powerful feelings. Oftentimes, we can do more damage to ourselves by pretending these feelings are not there or trying to push them away. Resentment happens because we are running from our feelings about the situation, so we displace them by developing hatred or grudges for the offending person. We must accept our feelings in order to heal. Anger often masks various other emotions that are harder to understand or show. People display anger because it's easier to appear angry than revealing that we feel rejected, disappointed, jealous, confused, and hurt. I, I'm not a big angry guy, and I'm not trying to tell you that you are, but would you tell me what you think of all that? I may have zoned out for a minute, but I think I got it. No, 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 I got it. You various emotions. Yes, absolutely. Nobody wants to show their vulnerability of being sad or feeling helpless or feeling let let down. That's like way harder. Well, speak for yourself. It's it's more um like. Uh, shameful maybe for a lot of people to admit that they feel this sort of like shortcoming. Speak for yourself. I am. I am <laughs> we have speaking. anger here at the 36 minute. I, I'm only saying this because I don't feel shame. No, but I think department. a lot of people are going to relate to me. I think it's a I lot agree. that, or, or they don't even know that it's that feeling. And if you don't they relate to even, her, then you're rejecting will her. Will you let me get one fucking sentence out? Are you kidding me? A lot of people don't realize, like, we feel a feeling, we don't know exactly what feeling it is, because a lot of people aren't sort of, like, trained. I grew up in a household where, like, we don't really talk about our feelings, we don't really work them out, we just have our feelings and we don't know what they are, and we're we're just trying to manage. But what I notice in your household is you're the only one, I mean, I only see this when we're in town, so I don't know how your, maybe your brother's this way, who, who channels anger in, in their communication. I'm not saying... What? Like you, like you're, like this says, you feel anger when, uh, you, when you're disappointed. So because you set the bar high, or or at any level whatsoever, you're rolling your eyes at me. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to make a a point that makes any sense. This makes sense. If you feel disappointed, you channel that through anger. You know, you, you project you, it as anger. Right. You don't say, Dave, I'm disappointed. You go, Babe, you didn't do the dishes, or you get angry. I'm not. I'm not saying that's your voice, but anyway, does that make sense? And I'm trying to think, um, do I, I mean, I feel jealousy. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I can't, I'm not going to, I can't evaluate myself. I think that I a, do a, a, a pretty one. decent job of recognizing which feelings are which, but it's a hard thing. And it's not, people aren't good at like being on 100% of the time. Sometimes we feel disappointed and yeah, we, it, it manifests itself as feeling angry because we don't know that it's disappointed that we feel, or we don't know that it's. And bottom line, anger, it distracts us from just love. And love is the highest form of energy that brings good things into our life. When you're feeling love and bliss, good things happen to you. When you're angry, it's a block. So I'm, I'm, I challenge you listening. If something, well, next time something angers you, try to break it down. Why do I feel this way? I mean, I, I have to tell myself that. Why am I so mad right now? And then I go, okay, 
I've got some good things going on. I've got a woman who loves me at home, um, and Tasha. I've got, what are you looking at me for? Nothing. <laughs> Every time we end an episode, I have to hug Tasha because I'm like, I don't know if she hates me or not. Um, barreling through. Last one. Talk to a friend or trusted individual. Call them on the phone uh, and talk to a friend or trusted individual. Find somebody you can talk to and tell this person what happened that upset you so much. Talking over your feelings with another can help you see this situation more objectively. Another individual may be able to see patterns in your behavior that were instrumental in what happened and assist you in brainstorming a solution. It's I always good to have people you can talk to. I think that's why people call each other on the phone, Dave. I think that's why, to get an outsider's perspective. And if you're friends won't do that for you, or if your boyfriend won't do that for you, then I guess call a professional. I'm feeling resentment. And number, actually, there's a few more than I thought, so I'm going to barrel through them. Write down what this person has done to upset you. Write down what this person's behavior made you feel, taking note just to, you know, whatever. I know you're not going to do that. Uh, Tell the offending person how they have upset you. That's a good one. Tell, Tell the person why they upset you. Number uh, up, and then it's not a good one if the person that you're telling is just going to argue with you and be in denial about their behavior, Dave. Do you think I'm in denial? Yeah, sometimes. No, I, I well maybe. Yeah, uh, here's my problem. Your ego gets in the way. You like can't. You are so bad at taking criticism. Yeah, I. F- yeah. No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> ah! <laughs> I, I I get defensive because I feel like I failed you, and it's important. It's important to me. To not fail you. I come home wanting to tell you my funny story of the day. So when you're not looking at me and you're on your phone, I get so mad. And what I've had to learn is like, I think yesterday, the day before I came home and I was like, all right, I'm going to have a decompressing hug where I hug you, which gets you out of the zone where you've been alone for five hours and like all of a sudden big energy comes into the room. And then I also have to be like, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. So it's my way of barking and wanting my tail wagged and, and, and pet, but also it like letting you know, like, okay, I'm home now. All I want when I walk through the door is for you to look up from the couch. Look at so, I literally look at you every time you walk okay. through that door. I videotaped. And I talk to you. I, I, I videotaped me bringing home the Taco Bell. And you, I was asleep. I was asleep watching whatever TV show was on. I needed help. That's what That was my response. You remember? This help is, me. Uh, <laughs> I had fallen asleep on the couch. Help me. Give me help a nacho me. fries. Letting go of resentment. Stop ruminating. This is big. This is big. This is what I do. I, I circle, I'm like a NASCAR race, just going around the track of resentment. Do you know what I mean? Are you sticking with me or am I losing you? Stop ruminating. Ruminating refers to rethinking a situation over and over again, allowing it to remove you from the present moment and make you feel negative. Yeah. yeah. Ruminating is at the foundation of resentment. Therefore, in order to let go of rumination, you must first learn to manage your thoughts. I felt like a preacher. Rumination is at the foundation of resentment. All right. Therefore, in order to let go of rumination, you must first learn to manage your thoughts. Focus on the solution rather than the problem. Look twice at your analysis of the or situation. Focus on your if strengths. you can't find a solution, then quit thinking about it. That's important for me for just like the stress of work and whatever else. Sometimes I like get upset about a thing that's outside of my control. And I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, you know, I know that I like enough. I have enough. I want to share it. Or like managing my schedule. Oh my god, I've got three things scheduled at the same time today. How am I going to make it work? It's like, well, you're going to try your best, and that's it. But you'll just sit there and think, or you'll think about something that you said, or how you snapped yeah. on somebody well, at we're, work. We're reptiles in this, and like way of you feel guilty about it, and you think about it over and over and over again, and you can't let it go. If you can't change it, you gotta let yeah, it you go. Yeah, you felt guilty at that job we had the other day, or wherever we were, and you were like, was I being a bitch i don't remember where we were we were on a photo shoot or something mm-hmm. you're like was i being a bitch i was like no you weren't being a bitch you were fine you just needed a cookie or something. you know what i mean <laughs> but yeah we get in this reptilian snap at people mode this little venus flight job like rah, yucky, <laughs> and you just gotta remember like oh no i mean the fact that we're even thinking about these things these thoughts is a is an, another step in the evolution of the mind it yeah, really is it's a good thing at least people we have the down. the the wherewithal to like evaluate ourselves so when my buddy joe that i mentioned got fucked on his couch this is what i told him write down redeeming qualities of the person who hurt you this is important because all he told me was man she's being such a fucking cunt 
And I go, yeah, okay, I know, but you do love her, and this is your reasons why. And babe, I've had to do this with you where I've had to go like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe how much this pisses me off that she's actually mad about this dumb shit. And then I have to go, okay, well, she loves me, she means well, and um, you know, I can't like judge her for like wanting the best out of me. Um, forgive. Wounds caused by those we care about can be a lasting impact. However, holding on to grudges prevents you from healing and growing. Choose to forgive the person who hurt you. Right? There's more to it than that. Seek spiritual understanding. If you're a spiritual person, attempt to find meaning in the situation you endured. Did this happen to you so that you can bear witness for others? Can can your predicament be a source of inspiration or encouragement for someone else? I mean, yeah, you take your own problems and you parlay them into a learning experience. We're all spiritual beings on this, uh, you know, spinning rock, I think, to grow. And um, what we have to grow, I have to learn learn to not be so resentful and maybe by not being resentful I'll bust down the walls that are keeping things from coming to me and then the last one see a professional (laughs) so if none of that worked I fucking call somebody professional pay the money a cheap fuck uh and all that um did you have a th- uh so that's it that's i mean that's not the podcast but that's the uh the wiki that's the wikihow.com how to handle resentment and all i googled all i googled was how to handle resenting somebody um, I, I did have some emails I'm not going to get to today. So, uh, people listening, there's a couple emails that have, people have written in, uh, that I don't have time to get to, but what I am going to do I, is read a couple quick questions from Reddit that people have asked us. I posted, um, I posted, uh, if people have any questions and, uh, they're going to get, did you have something that on the, uh, no, I can't. You took up 45 minutes reading this stupid how to not be resentful, and now we're out of time, and I'm tired of just listening to you read stuff. I think you're channeling anger. Uh, okay, here we go. Can I read these questions? Yeah. Let's, let's do them quick. Um, first one wrote, I'm new to my city and didn't come here with friends, so it's hard to say. Uh, oh, that's not it. Fuck. Sorry. Uh, how do you, I said, I said, ask me any dating questions, we'll answer them. How do you get from getting zero pussy to all of the pussy? <sighs> that sounds like a 14-year-old wrote that question. I'd say just don't ask those questions and maybe you'll get more pussy. I feel like by asking how to get from zero pussy to all the pussy uh, means you need to get out of your basement, live a little, get a hobby, and let some pussy come to you. Um, I have a scenario for you. I'm a sophomore in college, and there's a cute girl in two of my classes. She sits in front of me in my morning math class. There's actually an open seat right next to her. I'm hesitant to just get up and sit next to her because she seems really shy, and I don't want to make her uncomfortable. Also, I'm pretty friendly with the people I'm sitting next to right now, so I don't want to be rude and leave them. She's also in my bio class that I only have Monday nights. She sits a couple seats behind me. Sometimes we do group work, but she just doesn't talk. I think she's into me, but she's so shy and quiet, I don't know how to approach her. I'm really shy myself, so I think cold approaching her would make both of us uncomfortable. The only times I see her are during these classes. What do... Hold on. How do I... I think Easy. That's... Say hi. Say what's up. How well, you been? But he's shy. Yeah, but like it doesn't have to be starting a conversation. It can just be like, a, hey, how you doing today? And yeah. that's it. And that can be day one. And day two can be like, what's up? And day six can be like, you know, you want to study with me and my with me sometime, or you want to hang out with me and my friends, or pass her a note. Yeah, your only goal right it's now like, is to get her to open up. You see her Mondays. How was your weekend? Yeah. Weekend, yeah. weather. I it's mean, like a throwaway conversation. Don't expect this conversation to be like the conversation, the be all end all. Don't expect to go from zero to 60 in one conversation. Yeah. Break the ice, say hi, do it again the next day, do it in an, again in a couple days. It's like it doesn't, it doesn't yeah, do happen the, do, all at once. Do this to her. Go, uh, go uh, fat penguin. She goes, what? And you go, I just want to say something to break the ice. And then you do a little waddle like a fat penguin and you walk away. (laughs) Good advice, Dave. (laughs) Excellent advice. Hey, maybe you'll get blown on the couch like my buddy Joe. Uh, He he didn't get blown. She's like, she fucked him, but she didn't suck his dick. Uh, I, um, you know, classes are weird. It's interesting because you've set up like I sit here, she sits there. There's none of that. You don't have that initial spark anymore. You don't have that, oh, hey, how you doing? What's, nice to meet you. My name's Dave. Don't you know, like classes, everyone kind of knows each other's name already. It's a little weird. If she's shy and you're shy, I mean, here's the thing. Pass her a note that says, hey. But also, don't you think it's like, it's kind of, uh, you're setting yourself up for awkwardness, the fact that she has to kind of respond. 
Like you can't follow her home when you like someone you you know. But their that's class the schedule. beauty of it is that it's no it, it 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 isn't that when you're in class you've got a fifty minute class or an hour and a half long class I don't know whatever it is you've got three minutes between when you walk in and sit down and when the professor walks in and sit down and then everybody expects you to shut up because yeah. class is starting. So there's no pressure. Literally, there is a timer on this, and it is going to end in three minutes whether you like it or not. So go for it. Just say hey. And if it ends early, who cares? And if you chat with her after class, just, just see what she does. Does she linger around for a few minutes? And if so, do you offer a walker to her car? Or is she like, I got to go, and she runs but away? But not the first time you talk to each other. Don't do that. Say hi a couple of times. That is totally throwaway and no pressure, just like learning each other's names, getting to know each other, whatever. Hey, how was your weekend? Like you said. And then in a couple weeks when you're having a chit-chat, if she seems like she's lingering, then offer. It's not one shot. It's it's working at it you over a little get bit of time. one shot, one chance. No, you don't. Uh, uh, how do you know you are right for each other? I honestly feel like my relationship is both perfect and fatally flawed at the same time. What's in my head? What's real? Oof, that's a pretty uh, deep question. How do you know you're right for each other? So you're in a relationship, you see that there are flaws, and you don't know what's real and what's not. I feel like my relationship is both perfect and fatally flawed. What's fatally flawed about it? I mean, you're still together. Is he beating you? I mean, has he crossed the line? Is he a drunk? What's the flaw? I'd have to know more about what the flaw is, right? I feel like it's a guy asking this question, not a girl. Oh, really? And, And... I think that that's just, I mean, gee, I sort of feel this way about our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I do. What's fatally but, flawed? No, that What's it's just, un- it's, overcomable? it's great. It's, it's good, but. <laughs> yeah, you say like, <laughs> it's great. You'll tell me. I don't believe it. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but yoga. the point Somebody is, farts, it's so. like, it's, you know, sometimes it seems perfect and sometimes it seems like, oh, what the hell are we doing? And I think that's normal. Or maybe it's not. Maybe everybody else has got it all figured out and we're just playing along. But I think that that's normal. And I think it's up to you to decide, like, are, am, am I making it work or am I not making it work? And that's the best. That's all there is to it. You're taking, like, uh, yeah, you're, you're taking different d- turns. There's no, there's no straight ahead. It's you're not going to be left, you're juking right. and at butterflies some point, and rainbows all the time. I don't think that exists. I think, like, do you love each other? Are you both working at it? Okay, well then... Are you resentful for some reason? Go to the earlier part of this episode if you didn't listen. How can you tell if you're interested in someone, good friend or crush? That sounds like a girl wrote that. How can you tell if you're interested in someone? I think if you got to ask that question, you're not interested. You think so? Yeah. I think if you have to ask that question, you might be interested. Like Like, maybe you enjoy someone's company, but you don't want... I mean, at what point uh, did you know you were interested in me? <laughs> I don't know. It took some time. So maybe you're right. Maybe it is a valid question. So, uh, so you, so we were good friends, mm-hmm. and then you, and then what happened? I don't know. <laughs> I gave up. <laughs> Are you resentful to me for that? No. That you feel like uh, you gave up? No. Uh, this is good because Tasha was never on Tinder. This girl offered advice to other Tinder. To other uh, to dudes on Tinder, um, for for what they should do. So I want to read some of it. Photos clearly show your face. I see thousands from a distance with sunglasses on. We care a lot about your eyes. So this is a woman telling guys what to do. We care a lot about your eyes. You will also only attract one very distinct type of girl if the only photo you show is of your muscles or if you mention your height. It's nice to have multiple environments more than just being outdoors and traveling. Avoid pictures taken in the bathroom, especially if you don't clean your mirror. But I responded to her and said, you know what? A lot of women rec- like tell guys what height they want. A lot of girls' Tinder profiles go, no, men under 5'11 need not apply, or if you're in Australia. Men under 1.9 meters need not, like, they, they really, uh, so, so I understand. So I feel like guys post their height as a way to be like, hey, I'm not a short fuck. You know, I don't know. Um, and then she said, having content is huge. I see profiles that just consist of emojis and the guy's height much of the time. I doubt most girls will decipher those. It's also very good to list whatever things you enjoy that you think girls like to do too. I mentioned this. Uh, I mentioned things I like that I know many guys do, but, uh, but this, uh, this is to help them feel comfortable. It works both ways. I find humor and punctuation will take you miles in the bio 
in conversations. I agree with that. I mean, a little bit of humor is good, a little bit of wit. You only get a couple lines to do that, but uh, chatting. Nothing sexual at first unless it's a hookup. Guys, listen. Nothing sexual at first unless it's a hookup you want with a girl who says she wants a hookup too. On appearance, if you'd say it in front of a fireplace, save it for in person when it's going well, not Tinder. What do you think about that? Yeah, but I think that probably a lot of a, a large portion of people on Tinder are just looking for a hookup. So my personal opinion is that it's not a place to start a relationship. Ask about things you most care about and suggest a safe, chill place to hang out in public. All right, the first online date should lead to a public hangout. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, safety first. Yeah, and then there's a bar close by. Maybe even less safety, like you feel like you're going to get mugged, but more like, really? Do you, do you meet a stranger? The problem, I think, with online dating is, is whatever you want to feel you project. Like you mentioned before, when you're filling out your personality quiz, if you feel... Um, if you're like optimistic, you'll project, you'll paint all of the person's red flags white. You'll, uh, you'll go, oh, they're fucking great. Well, you don't know much about them. You're just piece it. You're just, uh, drawing the lines between what you know. Yeah. So like, you know, chances are even, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I just, a quick, quick dates are the best. And then, um, you know, next thing you know, you'll be at a, I think that's, uh, that's about expectations too. Like, if you are expecting it, this person to be, like, your white knight, your one and only, your shining armor, you're going to be let down at the end of the night. Ha- lower your expectations. Go into it thinking that it's just an hour, and if it doesn't go well, who cares? There'll be another one. Um, here's, here's an interesting. She wraps it up. I think from reading on here, people aren't appreciating exactly how much work it is, online dating. It's a terrible amount of work using Tinder. Honestly, I'd rather you guys just started cheerfully introducing yourselves in coffee shops, etc., or at least smile at me so that I can introduce myself. You know, that's interesting. That's very true. We live in an age where people are too afraid to talk to each other in person, just like the guy in his class. It is not a big deal. Everybody makes it out like it's a big deal. We want these If shortcuts. you never talk to the, uh, this person again, who cares? Like, but take a chance. Yeah, smile at someone in a coffee shop. I talked to you. Don't be a creep. I, but I like, talked to you when you didn't really want to talk, and then you ended up wanting to talk when we first met. I was like, I was in a good mood that day. I mean, yeah. if I wasn't in a good mood that day, I might still be living with the guys at the pool house with all the masculine beer farts and all that. But instead, I'm enjoying our dainty apartment with our little cutting boards shaped like states. (laughs) 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 Um, Two more. Why do we, both men and women, want to play mind games when it comes to love? I'm a guy who's never really been good with women. I'm 21, and the last girlfriend I've had was when I was 14. So I've been doing my research, reading dating advice columns and forums dedicated to helping people like me play the dating game. But that's just it. We're all just playing head games with each other and can't be healthy. It seems that the main strategies used on both sides rely on tricking people, leading people on, being duplicitous, and trying to pretend like you're someone you're not. I think this is a completely cynical and false outlook. Uh, it is, but it, he sounds like a nice guy. He's just, you know, he, he's dealt with some rejection. Maybe he feels a little resentment as we speak. Doesn't anyone see why this is a problem? I, for one, don't believe that lasting love can be found by manipulating others. But, it, well, it's a false, you know, say, you know, you're agreeing with yourself here. It seems like that's just how love works. This leads me to believe that the way we make love a giant mind game has created a system in which love is engineered to fail or that real love doesn't exist anymore. Oh, whew. I'm not going to feed into this system. I'm not going to play the game because the game is morally objectionable, um, ob- objectionable and doesn't result in last- lasting meaningful relationships. It just doesn't make sense. So why do we do it? Why can't we all just say what we feel so we can trust that what others say is what they feel? Why do we do this to each other, to ourselves? It's emotional um, I think in general, people do say what they feel. Uh, this guy obviously is very bitter. We meeting the wrong kind of people, whatever it is. You, he should say what he feels, and at some point, he will find someone who says who says what they feel back. He's but also like, twenty one. It's like you don't want to be that bitter at twenty one. Trust me, trust me, bro. Uh, subscribe to the podcast and listen. Listen to some uh, uh, healthy ish adults talk about love because it is challenging. Um, you, you do, I mean, we do try to manipulate others to like liking us. It's human nature, but it's called like putting your best self forward, you know, like, yeah, we, we, we dress nice and we like try and fix our hair and we want to smell good because like, you know, chicks are shallow grave digging whores. That's a term. I'm not calling you one. (laughs) Clearly you're not. You're with me. But no. not all chicks are, are or not all guys 
are just trying to fuck and and but dip like and he he's not looking at it from a girl's perspective either. Like obviously they meet a lot of guys who are girls meet a lot of guys who are just sort of shitty or yeah just looking for a hookup or whatever and they get manipulated too. I think there are plenty of good people out there who are not trying to manipulate, who are saying what they mean, who are a little guarded, who are putting their best self forward and like it's if you are honest with other people, they will be honest with you. Yeah, hey buddy, I I actually um empathize with you right now. I have been in places where I felt like I wasn't good enough for people. And I have to let you know that you're not alone. Uh, and we can turn this shit around. I want you to write in, if you can, sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. Give me some more details. I want to work with you. Because I, uh, you know, I'm a big bro. I've been, I've been there. I've had nights where I'm out and I feel, like, depressed at the end of the night because a girl uh, rejected me and uh, this and that. And, um, you know, there's, there's more good out there than evil. There's, uh, there's, there's good chicks out there and there's somebody for you. And maybe it just comes down to channeling, uh, channeling a little more positivity. And you'd be surprised when you have a positive energy how much it radiates and other people want to be a part of it. You, you will be surprised. So when you go into the night going, ah, oh, love is dead. What is life? You're, bro, you're 21, okay? And, um, and um and like waiting a couple of days to text somebody back isn't playing games it's just not making like a first date like your whole world if if somebody's making like a first date that went sort of well their whole world and texting all the time it's like it can be a little overwhelming for some people so that's just you know looking out for yourself and looking out for others and not trying to like overwhelm somebody that's called being considerate and the facts I, are like Tasha mentioned she has good points for every girl that's desirable there's 10 dudes that are knocking on her door so put yourself in the women's uh, shoes they are more they are more vulnerable to like men approaching them so they have to be guarded so a lot of times you're you're, you're probably not even getting past the stage you're probably at the stage where you're just getting rejected based on something you're doing wrong um initially and um and i think you know when the right person gets to see you you know there'll be a freak out there for you too right we've all got a match uh just last one just got the number of a taller hottie i just got the number of a girl that i made laugh and asked if she had a man in her life she said she didn't so i asked her for her contacts because i think she's really attractive now my question is should i just tell her i would like to get to know her over a date she likes to ride dirt bikes so i was planning on building a sexual vibe with a joke saying hey it was great meeting you today i may not ride dirt bikes but let's set up a date and see where our ride can take us it doesn't have to be a line just ask her if she wants to go to dinner can i take you on a date i'd love to take you to dinner should that be my first text or dot 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 i'm pretty confident but i gotta say she's out of my league i don't care but should i just go straight for the goal of a date and smash um smash oh yeah dude Dude, just just ask her on a date it doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to be a line it doesn't have to be witty and funny hey i like you i'd like to take you on a date you want to get dinner on wednesday Easy done. Also, you know, you know what she has a passion for. So, whatever questions you can ask her to get her talking, uh, that's kind of what you want to do. Because then she'll invest time in talking to you, and time and emotion equals smashing. <laughs> that's the. Uh, should, I, should I name that episode that time plus emotion equals smashing? Equals smash. Equals smash. Um, love is not dead, folks. Uh, work on your resentment, as I'll work on mine. And um, if you've liked what we're talking about, subscribe. There's 270 fucking episodes where we talk to funny comedians, self-help gurus, each other. We analyze what makes uh, love and sex work and what doesn't. Uh, we've got a fun day ahead of us today. I tell you what, if you're listening to this, I'm posting this shit right away. Go check out Tasha's Instagram, at Tasha Courtney, or check out mine, at Neals, D-N-E-A-L-Z. And if you could like my last photo, I'd really appreciate it because I posted at night and nobody saw it. Yeah, and we're going to be posting, um, we're going on a wine tasting today at a safari. Woo! How fucking cool is that? So we got to get out of here. There, there, there might be giraffes. <gasps> Which, by the way, we went to this safari the other night. Tanya is insane. She broke into the zebra pit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much funnier to say. But she broke into the zebra pit. She's a nut. What a fucking idiot. Her <laughs> husband was like, Tanya. Get the fuck out! Like he said it in a calm voice. It was like it was like dark, and there was a horse we were petting. And next thing you know, she crawls into the zebra. And the one thing the dude told us before he left us there is that was the zebra bites. The zebra bites. Get away from the zebra. He bites. So you got a zebra who bites, and Tiny's like, 
Hi. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, Tanya's gonna lose a finger. Anyway, there's a visual for or you. Or get arrested. Yeah. <laughs> what a great way to go. Can you Her the poor mugshot? husband was like, uh. And they're Canadian, really so not he's a like, good hey, idea. Hey, Tanya, hey, what are you doing in there? <laughs> oh, jeez, we have some fucking interesting friends. Not a good idea. Get sma- Look, how, how white could you be that you get smashed on rosé and try to break into a zebra pit? Uh, we didn't even get to talk about that story. But uh, but if you want to check out our timeline, we've been posting more stories, so go to the social media and uh, give us a, some love. And, uh, of course, the podcast page, at SexActuallyPod on Instagram, and our website, SexActuallyPodcast.com. Oh, so many good things coming in the future. Adam and Eve emailed me. They're going to send us sex toys. What's up? Up. Hey now, uh, so Natasha, anything else you need to promote over there? Nope, just um, like my uh, last Instagram post. That'd be nice. Yeah, and if you if you live in Los Angeles, actually, I'll promote this. Friday night, I'm at Open Space. It's a cool show in West Hollywood. And Sunday night, I'm at Wake and Bake, which is a high show in North Hollywood. Uh, they have weed infused tacos. I am not kidding. And they also have salad with weed infused salad dressing. So come get high, come chuckle. And subscribe, share this with your friends. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is Sex Actual. Bye.